The following is a presentation of Down with the Dig. It's time to head home. This is the Union Wild with Randy McGuire. Spring is right around the corner. People are dying to get out into nature or for the purpose of this podcast, onto the open road. Before I jump into the podcast, I just want to remind the listeners about the other content on the Down with the Dig podcast. And if you have any input, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, drop me a line at talk at downwiththedig.com. For this episode, I was really going to focus on two different types of motorcycles, but then I thought that's just giving too much of an injustice. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people like the Harleys and the end ends. That's what I was going to focus on. So I'm going to stick with the history part of the podcast and just talk about Harleys and end end motorcycles for a minute. Then we'll get into other motorcycles. End end is actually America's original motorcycle. I will say this. It was the first one that caught on. But fans of the original end end motorcycle often like to remind their Harley buddies that their Springfield Splendor preceded production of the Milwaukee Marvel by two years. End end first appeared in 1901 and Harley in 1903. But... In 1893, Indian and Harley are both upstaged in the history books by a Massachusetts bicycle company called Waltham Manufacturing. Waltham is the rightful heir to the title First USA Production Motorcycle, and that bike was the Orient Aster. You could buy an Orient for about $250. It had a two-horsepower gasoline engine, and it had a range of about 100 miles. So it is actually the first production motorcycle made in America. I stick with Indian being the first original because it was the one that actually caught on. But if you want to go by the record, the Orient was the first production motorcycle in America. A few short years later, the Indian progressed from a single cylinder engine to a side valve V-twin monster racing bike, making it the world's top motorcycle manufacturer. Then during World War One, Indian sold most of its surplus to the military, leaving a huge hole for the public market. Along comes Harley Davidson. Started in a shed in Milwaukee, William Hardley and brothers Walter and Arthur Davison joined together to create a new motorcycle to take on the Indian. After a few false starts, the three friends started selling their motorcycle and their business started to expand. Over the years, they improved their product, but couldn't quite break the hold the Indian had on the market. But they were ready. While Indian supplied the war effort, the U.S. consumer was left looking for a bike. That's when Harley-Davidson won the Americans' hearts and became the number one U.S. motorcycle manufacturer. Indian took years to recover and Harley-Davidson grew. Eventually, Indian was purchased by Polaris and started producing the new Indian with a retro style. At the same time, Harley-Davidson was bought out and went through a lengthy crisis of mismanagement and financial restructuring. Today, Harley sales are down due to boomers aging out of the market and an indifference for millennials towards motorcycles. But you still have your bike lovers. Go to Daytona during Bike Week or Sturgis and tell me America still doesn't love their motor scooters. So there's your history lesson on Harley-Davidson and Indians. I do want to talk about the Harley and the Indian. I don't really want to say Harley versus Indian, you know, just maybe a little bit of comparison. And what I've looked at mostly is, you know, like street bikes. With the Harley-Davidson, the street bike, you've got the Iron 883 as compared to the end-end street bike of the FTR 1200. Both really cool bikes, very similar. So, you know, if you're looking for a nice street bike, those are two that you could check out. Also, you know, a cruiser, 
the Harley Davidson Sport Glide is a nice bike as compared to the vintage Dark Horse for the uh, Indian. Really, really super cool looking bike. Uh, touring bike, you can go. Touring bikes are where you really run into your money and you really run into your style. We talked about style. So if you want to talk about touring bikes, I think the Chieftain Elite for the Indian is a cool bike. And I think the Road Glide for the Harley is a really nice looking bike. There's still many different bikes out there. And I'm just going to touch on a few of them because if we talk motorcycles and different types of motorcycles, we could go on for days. But here's some out there that are cool bikes, things that catches people's eyes during my research, the ones that probably popped up the most or the ones that I just see on the road. And the first one is the Kawasaki Vulcan. It's a smaller bike. It's fun to ride. It's, it's a cool little bike. Then you have your Suzuki Boulevard. If you're serious about high performance while you cruise, the Suzuki Boulevard. Now, here's one that I always liked. It's a Triumph. It's the Rocket 3 Roadster. It's a new bike, but it's a badass bike. It's almost 2,300 cc's. It's a three-cylinder engine. It's shaft-driven because at that power, you would be breaking chains left and right. And another thing I like about the uh, Triumph is back in the day, the Triumph, the shifter, was on the right side and not the left. And the first time I found that out as a kid, a older friend of mine had a Triumph. and I got on the bike and, and just something seemed odd and that's what it was. And the reason he liked it is he had an artificial leg and it was easier for him to shift with his right, with his right leg. So that brings us to the Yamaha striker. It's almost like a chopper, but it's much more, it's a cool looking bike. And, you know, then I'm going to talk about a couple Hondas, the Honda shadow Phantom. It's a great package for a part-time rider, not, you know, a big cost, but a nice bike. And then you got your popular ever popular Honda Goldwing. You see these all over the world. You see them everywhere. It's just a timeless, cool ride. Now, I know this is a union podcast, and some people say they wouldn't be caught dead on a foreign bike. The only thing I have to say about that is this. You know, not too many people start out on a Harley-Davidson. Well, unless you're Kelly Leak from the Bad News Bears, which reminds me, you know, Harley-Davidson's been in history forever. And for that to pop up in that movie, not a lot of Harley-Davidson dirt bikes, but it is actually in that movie. And it's a 1975 Z20. And although it's a Harley Davidson and sold in the United States, it was actually manufactured in Italy. And if you look at the movie, when Kelly goes out onto the field and drives around and disrupts the parade and the opening ceremony, you can tell it's not the Harley that he normally rides. It's a Honda XR75 because they couldn't get the Harley to ride the Willie through center field. They had a stunt double for the motorcycle. And you can see it switch from one to the other. And another part of the uh, Bad News Bears that I really liked is when they're at the dance class and they're talking and Kelly is a 14-year-old in the movie and he's hitting on a 25-year-old dance student. And he's like, hey, I'm hitting 841. I'm on the Bears. Live around here. I have a Harley Davidson. Does that turn you on, Harley Davidson? Harley Davidson's been in the movies, been in everybody's life. They're out there. I like Harleys. But it brings me to my first bike. My first bike was a Suzuki RV125. It is a street and trail bike, had big fat tires on it, great for jumping, great for just riding around. And I was asked the other day, a friend of mine, Jake, said, you know, what's a good bike for a kid to start out on? And you can start out on anything, but if it's really a kid, young kid, I suggest any type of mini bike 
something that you don't have to shift gears on, something that you just get used to giving gas and braking. And then as they get older, they can progress to using a clutch and shifting gears. That was my first bike. And then when I went to Japan, I had a host of different bikes. Uh, started out on a Honda CBR 400 and just moved up. But probably one of my favorite ones over there, because we did a lot of racing. I had a Gamma Walter Wolf. It was a Suzuki and it was a 250 two-stroke, which it was a torquey little bike, had fun. Like I said, I did a little racing over there when I was in Japan, and that is probably one of the funnest times I've ever had on a bike. If that's what you're into, if that's your thing, you really should check out Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Now, I know it says sports car, and they have uh, a lot of sports car racing. They have an IndyCar race there. And uh, this year, they don't have a lot of motorcycle events scheduled. They do have a vintage motorcycle days. It's in July, the 23rd and 25th, if I'm not mistaken. And that's really cool because they have all these different old bikes with uh, sidecars and just seeing these bikes. You know, if you like old bikes, if you like old anything, it's a good thing to go to. But they, uh, like I said, they have an IndyCar race. It's the Indy 200 and they have a vintage Grand Prix. It's also in June. But the big thing about uh, Mid-Ohio is they have a school that you can get out on the track with your superbike. Even though they don't have a lot of events scheduled this year, they do have a superbike class. And it's for all levels, from novice to advanced. They will teach you the proper cornering, visual skills, body position, throttle control, entry and exit into turns. Um, and one thing that a lot of people don't know is the terminology and the flags when you go to a race course and, you know, like some of the terminology, you know, like apex carousel, which a carousel turn is like when you're completing almost a, a complete circle, uh, chicanes, they're like a slower S shape or Z shaped, uh, turn. My, I think my favorite term when you're talking about motorcycles and riding and racing is counter steering. And now a lot of people who don't ride on, you know, super bike, what is count counter steering? Well, if you're going to make a left-hand turn, as you're leaning into your left-hand turn, you will actually counter-steer to the right to make that bike kind of lean down a little bit, kind of slam down. So it's a lot of fun, a lot of things you need to learn. And you can go up there and, you know, start from beginner. It's, it's, it's a really neat course. I've talked to the people up there, uh, even though I'm getting a little too old to race uh, super bikes. It might be something to go up there just to have the fun and, and relive some of that. All right. Last thing I want to say about mid Ohio it's located in Lexington, Ohio, and it's not only one of the best top rated tracks in the United States, but it's one of the top rated tracks in the world. Now, when you're talking about in the world, you're talking about Germany, Japan, France, these are, these are super top notch tracks. And we have that right here in the middle of Ohio. And if you've ever gotten a chance to go there, you know what I'm talking about. And if you've never been there, check out one of the events. Get on their website. The Vintage uh, Motorcycle Days is awesome, but they also have a Vintage Grand Prix where they have older cars out there racing. And it's really, it's just something nice. You can also take classes out there for your teenagers for defensive driving. You can take classes for, uh, I mentioned the, the super bikes, but you can also take classes to actually race cars, your own car. And it's, it's just a neat place to go to. What is the difference between some of these bikes? You know, you got a chopper, long nose, you got a cruising bike, something you can just drive everywhere. And then people will ask, well, what is a super bike? 
Well, it's been called different things. Uh, we called them cafe racers when I was in Japan, but a super bike is one of the, the racing type bikes. And a lot of people say, you know, those just don't look comfortable because you're all bent over. Maybe if you have to wear, you know, certain protective gear, if you're racing, uh, you can ride a super bike cafe racer, just like any other motorcycle. You can just tour around on them and they're really not that uncomfortable. You're not really bent over. Your weight is distributed. So you don't really have a lot of weight anywhere. And the thing I like about a, a super bike is you really don't have to steer much. You can just lean a little bit, lean left, lean right. And again, one of the things about a cafe racer is when you're navigating the bike, you know, if you want to go left, you lean left. You want to go right, you lean right. But one thing that I found out, if you have somebody on the back and they like to lean, you're going to go that direction. When it comes to motorcycles, it's not a one size fits all. Everybody will have different opinions and styles. And yes, style is very important when you're talking about a motorcycle. That bike becomes an extension of you. Do you like shiny? Do you like a ratty looking bike? Are you a cruiser? Do you like to go on big, long rides across the state or across the United States? Do you like driving up and down a main drag or do you like to actually drag? Do you like to just go fast? The main thing is you find the bike that suits you. I left out modified bikes. I know we talked about choppers or rat bikes. You know, we, we touched on that, but there's just something about a motorcycle, some head turning classic motorcycle when it goes down the road that when somebody looks at it, the first thing they see is that bike. Actually, the first thing they hear is that bike. Then they see the bike. Then they see you. And like I said, it is an extension of yourself. You'll love it. There's just something about riding down, feeling that wind, something you just can't get in a car, even a convertible. It's, it's a whole different atmosphere when you're on a bike. Now, there's one thing that I do want to touch on is we are going into a new age. I talked about millennials. A lot of things are going electric. Both of these companies have an electric bike. Now, I want to say for the end in, not so much an electric bike for adults. It's an electric bike for new riders. It's called the EFTR. It's a small bike. It charges in your garage and then your kids can go ride around in the yard. That might be a good bike to start out for new riders. It's not a very expensive bike. And again, it is electric. Now, I do want to talk about the Livewire. That's the Harley Davidson electric that they have. It is one cool bike. It's got like 146 horsepower. It'll get up to like 95 miles an hour. And 95 miles an hour on a motorcycle is plenty, especially if you just like to go out and cruise or just ride 95. That'll do it for you. But the thing about the electric bike that I just don't know if it'll catch on or not is a lot of people like the loud pipes and loud pipes. If you're a biker, you love your loud pipes. A lot of people say it helps for people to hear me coming. If you're not a bike rider, you don't like the loud pipes so much, but that's what I think. You know, that's my opinion on the electric bike. I don't know if it will catch on so much just because of, you know, you hear a, a, a electric car coming by. It's, it's kind of a little culture shock. So with the electric bike and the motorcycle, we'll see where that goes. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to hearing from you. You can do that by emailing talk at downwithadig.com or going to downwithadig.com and leaving a voice message. Last thing I'm going to say about motorcycles is to please ride safe, wear the appropriate gear, follow the traffic rules, and ride defensively. And if you're not a motorcycle rider, do us a favor and look out for us. 
That's it for this episode. And I have to say, it was a blast talking motorcycles. It also gave me a couple ideas for future episodes. I'm thinking from the Bad News Bears reference, maybe a top 10 baseball movies. And I'm really going to try to get to uh, mid-Ohio and do an on-site podcast. So drop me a line if you think that's a good idea. I'm Randy McGuire of the Union Wild Podcast, and I'll see you on the next one. For more information on all the podcasts of Down With The Dig, go to downwiththedig.com. Views and comments on this podcast may not reflect those of the Ohio Laborers District Council or LIUNA. Thanks for listening.